Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 15 years ago, at the age of 19, an artist by the name of Nasir Naj Jones released his debut album, Illmatic. The source awarded it five mics, and the album was hailed as an instant masterpiece. It only had 10 tracks, but each one displayed not only his lyrical genius, but also a surprising level of musical maturity. Now, 15 years later, Michael Eric Dyson, Sohail Dalatzai, and other writers have written a book on the album. It's titled, Born to Use Mics, Reading Nas's Illmatic. In the book, each writer focuses on an individual track and looks into its cultural significance. So hail Dolazai, welcome to And You Don't Stop on WBAI. So, why Omatic? Why not Ready to Die or Hard to Earn by Gangstar or any of those albums that came out in 94? That's a really good question. I mean, me and Mike, when we were deciding which, uh, which book to do, uh, I mean, we had a few, and um, it was really interesting. I mean, of the ones that you put out there, I mean, obviously all those came out in 94, but for us it was like a choice between, you know, Illmatic and uh, Nation of Millions, um, uh, America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube. Mm. Um, that there are these that there are these particular records that we felt like really signaled a, a sea change, not only in hip hop or in music more generally, but kind of like in terms of the commentary that it was making on the U.S. more broadly. And we just felt like that uh, while those other albums were great albums and they were really hard to not do a book on, that Illmatic uh, became the choice for us because of the particular moment in which it occurred, which was this moment in 1994, this this moment where hip hop was. You know, as we talked about, as I argued in the introduction, kind of at this tipping point. You know, it was this post kind of Dr. Dre, the Chronic album had just come out. Snoop had just come up on the West Coast. And hip-hop seemed to be in a different place or shifting into a different direction than it had been in that late 80s, early 90s moment. Not necessarily a moment of innocence in hip-hop, but definitely a moment in which there was kind of a social commentary um, a particular kind of aesthetic involved in hip-hop in terms of, like, the, the kinds of sampling, James Brown, etc. But that it had a certain kind of, like, as Chuck called it, a black CNN uh, feel to it. There was a certain kind of public sphere with which hip-hop was creating for itself. And Illmatic occurred at this moment, and you can tell by listening to Nas, like, on the album, which is what makes the album such an incredible album for a lot of reasons, that he was deeply influenced by that era. And so here was this MC who grew up cut his teeth on that era that's called the golden age, so to speak, mm-hmm. of hip-hop. Yeah, but was trying to do something different. So that the album wasn't this traditionally political hip-hop album. But it wasn't apolitical either. For us, what really grabbed our attention, in addition to all of that, was this kind of like first-person narrative that Nas was trying to rap from. Um, it was a certain kind of like, it was almost like, you know, like a Raymond Chandler novel, mm-hmm. uh, Chester Himes, etc. It was like this kind of hard-boiled realism um, that Nas was trying to get at, and you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, it was also this. It was also very cinematic. I mean, it was like a, it was it was an album that was on the one hand documentary, but there were elements to it that were like science fiction. And so this 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 MC who, uh, at the same time, at the age of nineteen, when he does live at the barbecue, catches this huge underground buzz, not only in New York but out here on the West Coast as well. When I was in LA, so it was this guy that 
people kept on following. There was this attention. There was this kind of this aura surrounding Nas. There was this kind of like second coming of Rakim that uh, we felt that was like when it came to Illmatic, like Nas didn't fail to deliver. And, you know, obviously when you look at the, the producers that are on the, uh, on the album as well, you know, Premier, Pete Rock, you know, Large Pro, Q-Tip, and LES as well, not to mention the remixes by Buck Wild and, and, and Large Professor and Q-Tip and those guys. I mean, the album just had, and the remixes with it, it, it was just such a body of work that you really, it forced you to contend with so much. And then, of course, looking back on it, you know, if you think about the MCs over the last 15 or 20 years, if you want to call it that, that have continued to stay, and I hate to use the word relevant because they're all relevant, but, but if you think about an MC that continued to remain within a certain kind of sphere of visibility for a variety of different reasons, that continued to be provocative, um, I mean, the only one you could really point the finger to was Nas. I was thrown off by Nas. I was like, I don't, he's not talking about what I, what, what I want him to talk about. Right. Uh, the firm eventually came around, and that just kind of right. threw me for a loop. Do so you think right. Nas peaked too early? Do you think people followed his lead? Well, I guess what changed in hip hop after Nas? No, I think that's a really good question, and again, that goes back to like the first question um, that you were asking, which is again, why Illmatic and why Nas? Again, because I think through this one figure, through this one artist, like you know, you can trace so much of hip hop's history. I mean, there was a point you're right where Nas, admittedly. You know, when you talk about kind of the I Am period and the Nostradamus period, where Nas, you know, supposedly lost his way. You know, a, a very underrated record is his second album. It was written. And so you can trace through Nas, uh, when we say lost his way, like it's this kind of puffy, kind of like bling era hip hop that kind of like by the late 90s was, you know, the dominant in many ways. And in many ways, Nas kind of, not, I wouldn't say fell victim to it, but you can, you can start to see him begin to dabble within that as well. And so I guess people started to second-guess Nas and wonder, like, oh, man, where's the Nas of Illmatic, you know? Where's the Nas who rapped about, you know, Uzi in my army jacket lining, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, with that kind of, like, keen perspective on the world. Um, but I think Nas redeems himself, clearly. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening at that time, you know, at that point in life. And, and, uh, he's having to contend with his mother's illness and ultimate death. Jay-Z's kind of battle attack on him that I think when you look at kind of like the stillmatic um, to Godson to then, you know, obviously hip-hop is dead. And then, you know, his more recent out work that he's going to be doing with Damian Marley. I mean, you can still, you can begin to see Nas beginning to redeem himself and starting to to kind of recenter himself as the kind of the great MC that everyone expected him to be. So was Illmatic his best album? Did he decline after that? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, uh, I like the fact that there's this almost a genre of hip-hop, almost if you want to call it that, called like kind of grown man hip-hop. You know, we have to allow the genre to breathe, and we have to allow these MCs to grow. And, you know, while Illmatic was such an incredible album, it was an album of its time. And while it continues to, in many ways, be timeless, I think Nas as an artist, especially over the last, you know, six or seven years, I think, has, you know, continued to put out consistently the best hip-hop out there. But I think, like, we have to also put it in context, and, and that gets to the second part of your question, was has hip-hop changed in Somatic? And I would say definitely, you know, and I think that was, again, part of the reason why we wanted to do it. We saw, hip, you know, you, you began to see hip-hop, the ground underneath his feet, beginning to shift. You began to see the the ideas around excess and spectacle, like this crass materialism that was beginning to dominate the genre at a mainstream level. That's not to say that on the kind of more, you know, I, I hate to use the word underground, but on the on the on the level that wasn't operating in terms of like radio and television, you know, cats were still putting it down at a level that harkened back to that late '80s, early '90s period. But in terms of like what hip hop had become, yeah, it became commercial jingle. But 
you know, to me, that in many ways, uh, if we want to look for a silver lining in that, it created a space for all these other MCs to continue to do uh, the great work that they do. And, and it forced you in many ways, like it was back in the day with hip hop, you know, especially out here on the West Coast. Like, you know, hip hop wasn't so easily accessible for a long period of time. You had to go out and look for it. And I feel like, in many ways, like, that's the same case uh, today and over the last few years. Like, you know, if you want to look for the hip hop that's still saying something, you got to kind of look for it, and when you find it, it's really rewarding in that regard. When the Nas's album came out, I was like 14 years old. Uh, right. But you know, right. after reading and then going back through uh, Nas's discography, I right. kind of see that struggle, that the growing pains that he's going through as an artist. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, I mean, he he makes Illmatic when he, I mean, the Illmatic comes out when he's 21, but he's recording it when he's 19, 18, seven, you know, six, 18, 19, 20 years old. So he's a young man, and he's coming up at this, you know, really for fertile period in hip-hop, and there's a lot of pressure to, you know, at the end of the day that was put on Nas after Illmatic. I mean, is he going to deliver? And, and like I said, it, it, it was written was still a great album, but, you know, here's this guy who, as you say, is going through these growing pains, and I think, like, I, I don't, you know, I, I wish he hadn't gone through them, but what if he hadn't gone through them? Would he be making the records that he is today? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So in many ways, like, you know, it is what it is, but you get to see, like, I mean, and no one, you know, his last album, the Untitled Record, which, uh, I mean, to me, is was a brilliant album. Mm. You know, probably one of the best albums to come out in hip hop in the 2000s. I think. You know, in terms of like the uh, the timeliness of it. I mean, you have this moment where Barack Obama's running for president, and Nas comes out with the album with that title, and yeah. everyone knew what the name of the title, what the album was, and with that kind of content. Like, I mean, you know, th- there was there, there's something, and it's, it's not just about being provocative to sell records, especially in this era of downloading. I mean, I think that Nas is really trying to, you know, he, he takes the genre and the art very seriously. He's a purist in that regard. And, and John Caramonica wrote in the book as well, in his piece, that Nas can only almost in many ways blame himself for where hip-hop is today. That was his argument, at least, John Caramonica's. Mm-hmm. That, that is to say that, you know, Nas is kind of coming off as kind of like the curmudgeonly old man in some ways uh, relative to contemporary hip-hop that's coming out today. And, and, and that's fine, you know, but I think, like, you know, the, the points that he's trying to make and the arguments that he's making, like I said, he's still at this place where he's relevant, where, where, where even younger people, I mean, I have a lot of students, I mean, I teach at, at, at a university, and they still follow Nas. He's one of those guys from that era, you know, who they still follow religiously because I think of Illmatic. There's still always that hope that, you know, Illmatic is going to come back, that there's going to be these, these glimpses of what Illmatic was show up in his later, in, in, his, in, in his recordings. And I think there's always elements of that. And so, you know, Nas is still Nas to me, you know what I mean? The book is Born to Use the Mics, Reading Nas is Illmatic. Contributing editors Michael Eric Dyson, and you just heard Zohail Delasai, with other contributors such as Mark Anthony Neo, Guthrie Ramsey, Imani Perry, and Common. Pick up the book, re-listen to Nas's Illmatic, and experience greatness again. Zohail Delasai, thanks for joining us on And You Don't Stop on WBAI New York.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 